Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Mooncast. Today we've got uh, Susie, uh, who's the main writer recording over Zoom again. So I know that sometimes when we record like this, it drops out occasionally and things because my internet is terrible. Um, but hopefully we'll get this as smooth as possible. Um, yeah, so Susie is the main the main writer now. Yes, I am. Um, yes, hello everyone. Yeah, it's nice to have you on. Susie and I have communicated a fair bit over over like emails and messages, but this is the first time Susie and I have met. No, it's not quite in person, but visually anyway. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> something have spoken, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which is lovely. It's nice. To, it's like I say when, when you came. It's nice. It's nice to meet you. Nice to talk. Um, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's good. It'd be, it'd be nice. It'd be good to do another narrative one. I haven't done a narrative one for a while. Um, but yeah, I'll let you start. Um, so I guess we'll go We'll go kind of back to the beginning, really. Like, how did you get into, how did you first hear about Moonstone? How did you get into Moonstone? Or like, what did you do before? What games did you play before Moonstone? Like, just give us a bit of your, your hobby. Mm-hmm. And maybe a bit, if you wouldn't mind, a bit of your writing background could be interesting because as you're the writer, it might be interesting to hear about, a bit about your hobby background, a bit about your writing background. But, um, feel free yeah. to just say as much as you want. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, so before Moonstone, I kind of dabbled with a few different games. So I played a little bit of Kill Team and a few 40k games um, and uh, Bushido. I've kind of dipped in and out of things like that and, and Malifaux. Um, the main thing that draws me to games, though, is the miniatures. Um, I'm more of a, a painter than a player, um, mostly because the games I do prefer, so things like Malifaux um, or Bushido and Moonstone now, they aren't quite as common yet, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, and so finding local um, gamers is, is tricky. Um, I do have a gaming group, but we tend to alternate between the types of things we play. So I play a lot of board games and um, I play a lot of um, role play games. So I'm currently playing a D&D game, a Board of Cthulhu game, Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons and a few World of Darkness as well. So my background in gaming is more from that side, actually. So it's the, the role play side. Um, which I've um, been a GM for, uh, as well as a player. Um, and so that's kind of where my, my background in tabletop related things uh, came from. Um, and so part of that was um, Salute, and hopefully will be Salute after this year has, has gone by. Um, and I've been to Salute now for about five or six years, I think. Um, and I think it was about four years ago. Um, it was just after um, Tom had run the Kickstarter campaign for the starter set and for the fairies, where I went to salute and um, saw this table at um, the back of the hall. So if anybody's been to salute knows it's a massive great hall um, at the uh, Excel Centre. Um, and there was this, this half table with a few bits of scenery and I just saw fairies and thought, what the heck is that? Um, they just don't exist in, in miniatures. And if they do, they, they don't tend to be particularly um, engaging for me. They, they can be either too twee or they can go overly sexualized as well. So they kind of don't tend to meet in the middle and be the, the nice balance of, of actually what is in my head fairy could look like. Um, it's a bit more Brian Froud-esque and all those things that Moonstone has been compared to. 
And so I saw this and um, saw a guy, which I now know is Tom, giving a demonstration to a kid and his dad. And I, I stood there and we watched for a little bit and we, we walked off and I just kept thinking about the, these models I had seen. And we did the lap around the rest of it and I had some money left over and the friends I was with, we decided to go back. And we went and had a chat with Tom. And then that's kind of where I, I got hooked into it. Um, so as I say, we've not managed to play a huge number of games actually, um, but it's the models that really um, grabbed me and continue to grab me. And when I saw the Leshevolt um, Kickstarter a few years back, um, I just jumped straight in on that because the models were so amazing. Um, and it was kind of about then that I, picked up the rule book as well um, to read it in depth because I loved the Leshevolt stuff so much I thought I really should actually spend the time you know when you go to somewhere like Salute you pick up lots of shiny things because you know <laughs> there are lots of offers. There's a lot of shiny things there. <laughs> yes yeah it's it's um yeah plastic crack all over the place yeah. um and yeah. um I was like, you know what, I actually need to spend some time and actually look at this because I love it so much. I just need to, even though there's no one else around me who's playing it or anything, I, I need to dedicate this time. And I read the, the book and I was like, this is great. I love the, the whole fairy tale setting, but the fact it's slightly dark as well. Um, and I just uh, loved it. And um, I don't know why I did but I messaged the Goblin King games one of the the social media accounts and I got talking with with Richie so Richie for those of you who don't know was the narrative lead for uh, Moonstone um, but unfortunately he's not able to do it anymore so he stepped back and I've now taken over but um, I got in touch with with him and was having a chat with him and said basically off, off the back of reading your book I now have a headcanon about um, Brunhilde and something about her her character and, and the way that she um, interacts with, with some of the others and actually something that's quite fundamental about her character. This is what I, I think. What do you think? And he said, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, we're going to we're going to go with it. And I'm not going to tell you what it is because um, I've recorded uh, the Brunhilde bio, which I think, Dan, you said you're going to share at the end of the... the yeah, so yeah, so just a quick note in there. I'll just jump in quickly. Yeah, so at the end of the recording, you'll hear the normal going outro music and then stay tuned because after that, I'm going to I'm going to add on the recording of um, of Susie reading her, her Brunhilde story. Um, it'll be a nice thing to add on the end. Yeah. yeah, lovely. Thank you. So yeah, so about three quarters of the way through that, you will hear the thing that I suggested to Richie um, that he and Tom really loved and, and ended up being the Brunhilde bio. And something made me say to him, I kind of fancy myself as a bit of a writer and I love your style. If you need a hand with anything, then I'm happy to, to help out. Um, and before that, my writing experience had basically been um, writing far too long backstories for my characters in things like D&D. Um, I was one of those players, unfortunately. I would always summarise for my, my um, DMs, but uh, I would also then write the stories. Um, and I've been working on a, a novel now for a few years as well, which I'm still progressing. And I have been at that point, been starting working on it. Um, and Katie, who is our editor for Moonstone, um, she and I have been talking and working on um, a lot of short stories together. And so for some reason, I had the confidence, which I, I surprised myself about actually to say to, to Richie, 
if you want a hand, I'm willing to. And he kind of bit my arm off <laughs> uh, because I didn't realise at the time how many characters were, were in the, the, um, the background ready to come out um, in what will be book two. Um, there was not just the Leshevolt, but there's all the other ones as well that have been released. Um, and there was the overarching um, story that runs through the whole of book two, which um, we had the the plot points, the story beats that needed to be hit, but um, Richie and Tom were, were kind of trying to work out how they were going to make that work. Um, and so I was brought in to help, first of all with that, to help with the, the overarching story. Um, and then from there it's kind of grown and, and I've picked up a lot of the bios as well. Um, and so that's, yeah, so that's where it's taken me now. Um, and unfortunately my painting hobby time has been completely overtaken with writing <laughs> um, to get the, the book as done as, we, as much as we can before it goes um, out as a Kickstarter in a few weeks' time. Um, so yeah, I've been over the last year or two. A lot of my time has been spent writing and editing and redoing bits and pieces and, and filling in the gaps. So yeah, that's where it's been the last few years. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, um, so how? Because obviously you mentioned um, Katie. So for anyone who doesn't know, Katie does the main editor. At the moment. Mm. Where, how did you? Because she's edited a couple of mine. She's a great editor. Mm. Um, I remember talking to Tom about about her, um, like because 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 again for people who don't know, like, I've I've just written a couple of little bits. I don't know if Tom's putting in the fantasy hat story or not, but the um, written a couple of bios, um, it's a bit of fun really. And um, whenever she's edited them, like she obviously finds all the typos and, and spelling mistakes and grammatical stuff. But one thing I think that she seems like she does really well and that this might be partly with you as well I don't really know because obviously she was the one I was talking to about it is that she's really good at picking up the consistencies and the inconsistencies mm. and making sure that all the stories follow a same consistent mm. um I can't think what not style she doesn't care about the style but the same so like one character can't go and be friends with one character in one story and then hate them in another story <laughs> you know yeah. that kind of thing like, yeah they, they all mesh together in the same sense that the characters aren't all over the place doing different things and just doing what they like in different stories actually you know they they, they they can't be up there fighting a giant because that giant's down here fighting this person they should be down there fighting this you know it's yeah. it, all, it all fits together which i thought was really clever um yeah. and it really it really i really liked it and then and yeah a lot of the other couple of other changes that she made to mind i was like oh that's better <laughs> that's good yeah. Um, yeah I mean anybody who's who's out there in writing needs um a friend like Katie because not only do we um I mean we spend hours on the phone talking about all sorts of random stuff but we also spend hours on the phone talking about writing and editing together um and she really helps with the developmental side of the editing as well so there have been times where I've known what I've wanted to achieve and I will just kind of blurt from my brain onto paper what I want to to do and I and I can't figure out how to progress it on because I can see it in my head um, and she can help with that interpretation so she can actually make it make sense for a reader and, and have that kind of um, arm's distance um, approach um, but certainly the way that all of the different bios and chapter pieces and story scenarios how they all flip, um, fit in together is something that we've been yeah trying to trying to wrangle over the last year or so just so that then 
it's as you say it's all consistent and it makes sense for people who are reading one piece on chapter on page 25 it makes sense with something that they read on page number 175 um, and it all works together and also potentially sets things up for book three as well so we're also now thinking about that and making sure we don't um paint ourselves into a corner essentially yeah um, with you enough, yeah you want to leave, leave enough open-ended bits to, to continue a story don't you you don't, yes. want, to, you don't want to come to a final conclusion too early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, that would be very bad. And uh, yeah, painting ourselves into a corner is is um, is a worry when we, well, Tom and I have an idea for some of the things for, for book three. Um, and I think you probably are aware of a, a few of the things, but it's going to be um, a lot of surprises for people. Yeah, no, I, yeah no, I'm, I'm fairly aware of, at least I'm, I'm aware of not necessarily the story, for book three, but I'm certainly aware of the the factions and and what yes. and and the the models and characters Tom wants to add. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm I'm aware of that kind of side of things. I'm I'm always aware of the model side of things more than I'm aware of the narrative side of things. Um, yeah. Tom Tom runs models by me sometimes, and yeah. um, and I, I help play test stuff. So, um, although obviously yeah. not as much recently, but um, yeah. probably will be more actually after this Kickstarter because all all these models have been pretty much. Invested mm. and done now. I don't think yeah. I don't think them still need doing and um, okay. yeah. No, and then that that side of things. So working out the characters that need to appear in book three is helpful to for us to be thinking and talking about that now to to start those kind of um, paths already and just to kind of lay those foundations and the little nods and. Uh, kind of potentials that will come up in book three so hopefully then when people read back through um to, to book two then they'll be able to um see where some of those things have been been laid and, and where they can then take them and where we've then taken the stories as well um so yeah trying to wrangle all of that is is quite is quite complex but i think it's uh yeah it's it's nearly there it's it's really nice to see it now kind of evolved so much and um for it to be at a point where we're, we're nearly a kickstarter which is great yeah i mean there are there are an awful lot of characters. I mean, and obviously the story arc won't follow all the characters, but mm. there's an awful lot of characters to think about, and all those characters have their own personalities that have been developed. So you can't kind of go against their personality later on. They have a personality. They've, they've been built with that. And and I think the thing with Moonstone that's really interesting is that they've not just got a written personality. Mm. The way they play fits into that narrative personality they've been given. So... Um, like 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 models like vicious midget vicious midget he's called vicious yeah. midget for a reason he's really vicious like yeah. his his card you know his his um signature move is called groin tickler and that, that is literally him <laughs> stabbing someone in the groin because he's because he's vicious and that and that plays out in his narrative and mm. it's the same with other ones it's the same with with fritz his mm. um his narrative it's he's this very brash very sort of um usually drunk but very macho you know, huge clothes and show this huge show off. That's exactly what he plays like on the tabletop as well. So it's like for you, you you've not got these characters around. You've got to make sure they actually fit with what's on the tabletop as well, haven't you? Which is which is tricky. Yeah, there there is a, a definite balance to bring, and and actually the um, the designs of the the miniatures and their cards um, is a a huge bonus for me personally. I think. Um, 
some of the the bios have almost written themselves um yeah. so just from looking at the the new uh, even the illustrations so um in the early stages of say um, Manichite mystics box so with klaus and reagan even just the early drawings of those it's like okay i've got a real idea of of how these characters behave and and their kind of personalities and their relationship as well just from looking at these illustrations um and that's where um with reagan her name originally was well her, her working title name was misty and i think um between all of us as we were looking at it we were like, actually that that name just doesn't work for her character and her appearance and the way that her personality is going to uh, develop um so that's quite interesting to see how the um some of the, maybe the narrative then influenced just some of those decisions around the characters as well uh, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah. Um, so I I, 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 I mute it when my when my wife comes in because we've got like a bell here and stuff, and she's yeah. laundry away. So I mute it whenever I think there's a bit of a noise, and I forgot to unmute it. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's like the the COVID phrase, isn't it? You're on mute. Um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all used to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess that is kind of a, that does sound like it's kind of an advantage when you're writing now because like, the characters are already there. <laughs> Yeah, um, their, their backstory and their, and and kind of their personalities have been like Thomas developed those in the ways yeah. ways made their cards and and like I say he's the one in charge of the artwork you know yeah Gain uh, who's the the artist that does the final stuff like he's fantastic I mean the artwork yeah. in the books are just of, of, all the books and everything is is amazing but Tom is the one that gives him the original idea like often yeah. Tom does like a really basic sketch and says do something with this. Um, yeah. Uh, I know some of it Shane does completely independently. Tom just gives him an idea, and he and he, and he he's I think he knows Tom well enough now that he knows what he's looking for, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, <coughs> but um, yeah, it, it does. I can see how, like, when you when you come to write a story normally, and you're trying to think of your main character, you have mm. to think of all their background, you have to think of their personality, you think of how they're going to other people. Well, half that's been done for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, which is great. And what's also fun actually is to to look at what's on the page and what the miniature looks like and also to then maybe say well what if and to maybe twist something a little bit so to try and um make a character slightly different than maybe they they may appear on on that page and on that that character sheet and um just to try and give some depth to it as well so um Gertrude's a good example um she um is a fairy hunter so that's that kind of already gives um quite a, a good indication around her character and how um well how strong she must be the fact she goes out and hunts a race of people in this world where the, the fairies live and, and fly around and have a, a seat at a council table um and so she's going out and, and quite openly being a bounty hunter and, and hunting down Faye. Um, and so that really played into it. But actually, she's become one of the main characters of the uh, overarching overarching story. So she needed um, a lot more development and um, her personality traits and how she would react to things um, really needed thinking through. And that was um, a lot of fun to go through and to think about with her and how she interacts with some of the other characters or the existing characters as well as, as new ones as well, because there are a lot of the, um, the book one characters that make a, a very strong appearance across the, the whole of the book two story um so those, those characters and those characteristics then had to carry across which was quite fun to to expand on some of those characters as well 
Cool. Well, I'm secretly really glad to hear because I haven't I haven't read. Um, I know that I've had access to kind of lots of the main narrative. But I haven't actually read it. Um, I've read the first chapter, which we, which we talked about. But um, I'm really pleased that Gertrude features in it because she's one of my favourite models, <laughs> one of my favourite characters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad <laughs> to hear that she, that she has a big part in it because I love her. Um, yeah. She's quite hot. I was quite pleased when I was asked to, um, to to hit me certain story beats and to feature certain characters in the, the chapter parts and Gertrude featured so much and then when I looked at her artwork again before it had been released I was like well she's just cool, yeah, um, she's, <laughs> she's cool. just that's an amazing miniature and um, that just looks like a, a heck of a lot of fun to write about so yeah I was very pleased that they, they asked me to include her a lot. It's one of the things that I really like about Moonstone is I feel like the female characters and the female models in it are very kind of, it's like, it's like they're, they're, they're not overly sexualized. They're not, they're wearing clothes like people, like she's a bounty hunter. So funny enough, she's wearing a leather jacket and has a massive gun. Like she's not, she's not, none of the, none of the female characters are there for any other purpose than what they actually are as a character. Um, like Agatha, um, you know, she's a barman, bar lady, yeah, but she's the bar owner, you know, and if you piss her off, she's going to hit you over the head really hard with a big metal tankard. <laughs> yeah. like it. You know, <laughs> Diana, yeah, okay, Diana's a fairy and stuff, so she, her clothing is a certain thing, but she has this power. Hmm. Um, and the same with, like, the witches and things, like Zoya, yeah, okay, Zoya is slightly sexualized, but is actually part of her character. Like, she yeah. lures people in with that, she uses her sexuality to lure people in, and then rips their head off <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah she's just like a prank mantis basically yeah. and i really like how uh, it's something, I, something i've always really liked about the game i think i've probably mentioned it before in, mm. in podcasts and things is how i really like how the female characters are represented and how it's very equal um in the game yeah. there's a lot of fantasy games where it feels like yeah. <laughs> characters are like tokenistic and they're, they're almost like just pandering to a basically a load of nerdy blokes. Um, and I really like the fact that in, in Moonstone, that's not happened at all. And they are, um, you know, like some of the hardest hitters in the game, like Brunhilde, like, is, like yeah. you know, she's going to beat, beat the crap out of you if you're not careful. But like, um, Joanna is really tough. Like these yeah. female characters are just as tough and just as good at doing everything as all the male characters are. There's no kind of idea that, the male fighters are stronger than the female ones and the female ones are all priestesses and they're all mystics and they're all healers. No, actually, Joanna's going to stab you in the throat with a, <laughs> with a huge jab. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and the fairies, like, like Fencer is, a, is, is female and, and he's going to, you know, mess you up if you're not careful and Diana talked about. Um, and then you've got the other like Tito and stuff, but, um, and obviously the witches, but, you know, I, there's a really even spread, I feel, and it's, it's one of the few games I think does that really well. I mean, 40k is not, I mean, I, I collect Sisters of Battle because they're really badass and I think they're really cool, but, um, <laughs> you know, in a lot of fantasy style games, it feels like the female characters aren't yeah. given that same um, treatment, really. It's something I've always really, really liked about, as, as a person who was brought up by two feminists, it's something that I really appreciate. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I don't mean that flippantly i mean it, I, I generally think it's it's really it, it's a really um yeah solid and uh, beneficial part of the game i think it's really good for the community
yeah I agree it's something that that drew me in as well so when I looked at those initial miniatures and looked at the fairies I was like well actually yeah this they look like natural beings and mm. um as you say Agatha was there it's like yeah th these these are actually good representations and actually look like they would be fun to paint um and then that's carried on and it carried on to the Lechevolt and, and that's what appealed to me again and looking at the three witches the three different ages um and even Danica yes she may have her, her midriff exposed but that's because she's old and she really doesn't care um and that's the kind of the the attitude I've brought through into the writing about them and being able to write some really strong strong women has been fun in this kind right. of setting and um I hope that people really like the characters that I've I've written how I've written about them um but that was one of the things that Richie asked me to do when I started was to actually bring in a little bit of diversity amongst the stories um and so things like sexuality and even gender as well are things that I um I've had a look at to see if there's a way that we can um balance some of that stuff out so that we can represent as many people as possible within mm. within the game and within the stories and um to kind of just to to give that diversity and to su support people and say that there is a place for everybody at, at tabletop games and here's a way for us to represent you even if it's just in a small bio um within part of this book um and, and fold that in as well so that's been really nice to explore that and try and handle that with a uh, with care but make sure that there is a bit more representation across the way that they've been written about as well yeah no i think that's really good because i know you did that with um fox love Yes. You know, I, I won't go too much into it, but, um, you know, I really like what you've done with, I mean, I won't say any more than I really like what you've done with Fox Love. Yeah, <laughs> yes. You have to wait till the book comes out, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like what you've done with Fox Love, I really like it. And um, I mean, the game, yeah, uh, there's, there's, a, there's, to some extent, um, in terms of ethnic diversity, it's kind of, the, the models are what they are. I mean, you, you, you can paint Agatha, Whatever, however you want and like, I know that Diana is very influenced by like Haitian voodoo and things um mm. to that kind of co that kind of side things is in there but um I know that Tom's talked a bit about trying to expand that <coughs> kind of side of things but I think is again it's really good it just it just means that you can just meet you can meet the interests and the maybe even the needs of a wider community um because God knows that there's huge parts of the gaming community that are so closed yeah um, I mean, like I said, like, I, I play 40K and I love 40K. I love the game. I don't think that GW in itself is trying to close any parts of the community, but God knows there's a lot of players who are terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't it's, yeah. it's another story altogether, yeah. to be honest with you, but yeah, um, you know, anyone, anyone who's a member of a 40K group on Facebook or anything will just know that there's so much, there's so many posts on there. I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Not, not just cringe, but actually makes me angry. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and and, um, oh, goodness, not this kind of thing again. It's actually like, that's genuinely offensive. And, and not to me. I'm not the person being offended by it. And I'm not going to go on a rant about being offended for someone else. But that's just not a very nice thing to say. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. People complain yes. about the community being people leaving the game. Not, well, that's because you're being a 
quick, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Just don't be a dick. And or yeah. as you're gaming with people, you just treat people with, with care and respect. And, and that doesn't happen everywhere. Um, and um, that's something that I, I really like about Moonstone as well, actually. And, and this has continued to encourage me <laughs> into the game and, and into the community before I was involved in this way was just the way that um, people were just nice to each other. The Moonstone community is a great community. The Facebook group is great and Discord and anywhere else people interact on the whole is a fantastic group of people. And they're so much fun to, to game against. And, and in a game that involves um, bluffing people and the way that Chris uh, does the, the play testing and the demos through um, Tabletop Simulator and, and the kind of uh, the way that you bluff and try and uh, <laughs> mock yeah. the other player and, and kind of just take the mix slightly um it could be misconstrued it could actually not work it could feel like not a very welcoming space or that you are just taking the mick out of each other the whole time whereas actually it's always done with love and yeah. just with silliness in mind and, and, and the game doesn't take it too seriously like like you, you can yeah. play moonstone really competitively and it has yeah. it's been it is really well balanced um, i'm personally not a competitive player i have been to I've run four tournaments, but I always run my tournaments as very much like, let's just have a lot of fun, guys. I don't, you know, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I've won a tournament, my own one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and I played another tournament. And e even when I played against Joe, who's really competitive, he was just also really nice. Like even the really competitive players and I, the thing is you kind of have to be, because you have to interact with your opponent. Yeah. Um, and also if you're really nice with your opponent, you can then bluff better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also you don't care like i've played so many games and i've played hundreds of games of moonstone now most of them against the same opponent i play against my friend jack a lot but i play against lots of other people and even when i when I introduce new people even when i've like intentionally screwed them over with a bluff they don't care because it's funny you know like something funny happens you know because i got a catastrophe and now your person's blown up and they're like oh okay well never mind you know no, yeah. no one cares because it's just like, just a fun game you're not really trying to show anything other than it's just really fun like what, I, what i've noticed a lot with moonstone is a lot of families play it yes now, yeah. moonstone, like, um, more so than than other games I've, i think i've seen when i hear people talking about it they say oh, yeah i play it with my kids i play it with my wife i play it with my with my husband and um maybe they do anyway but um i do think it's it's <coughs> it's a much friendlier more fun game than yeah than some. And i think also because it is so because all the models have equal value Mm. So well balanced because I mean Tom just play tests of the Jesus out of everything. Yes, yeah, it works, does. You know, and it works. Yeah, <laughs> I think I glass of water. So I can keep coughing. Um, yeah. But um, you you can pretty much just pick whatever models you just like the look of, and they will yeah. work as long as they're the same faction. Yeah. You basically, just, oh, I like those six. Yeah, well, they'll work. Just play those. You know, yeah. and if you just... want to be hyper competitive, yes, you'll you'll choose certain builds. Yeah, but what it seems but... like. Whenever I play yeah. with people, I'll either say to them, well, do you want to play a friendly game or do you want to play a competitive game? And they'll go, oh, just friendly. Okay, well, I'm going to pick the models I like then. And if they say, oh, yeah, I'll pick these ones, and I'll say, well, that's really competitive. They'll go, oh, yeah, maybe it is. I'll go, okay, well, I'm going to play a competitive game then. <laughs> you know, but then, then they're like, oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. You know, it's like, um, but it's always it's always done in good good humour. Yeah. And I love I love demoing Moonstone to, to new people because it's yeah. just hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. The first, the first time one of them, you know, bluffs properly or the first time someone <laughs> managed to scream over the catastrophe 
or the first time that someone doesn't like mind control and makes them hit their own their own person it is just yeah. they all have a huge laugh i remember um it was at an event in bristol it was when tom did a did a big tournament the second day <coughs> and i and i demoed it to three friends we did a four-player demo where I, we yeah. all played a faction and after it every single one of them went and bought a start set and then bought, yep. they, they spent about 400 quid between them. <laughs> like, this, is just, this is just so much fun. And we, we yeah. I, I, the game was great. I spent like an hour and a half playing with them and we were just laughing the whole way through. Um, <laughs> yeah. And what's really fun as well is the way that the um, the game can be nar narrated. So um, like as you're, you're gaming and actually um, controlling the models, um, just being able to say something like you're just about to see the most terrifying sight in the world. It is a charging pug and he is not very happy. It's just a, it's just silly and just being able to say that and just narr narrate what's going on and, and really expand just on that. So it's, it's beyond even the, the actual gameplay side of things. It's that um, describing what's happening as someone does get yeah, chewed to death by a pug. It's just yeah, definitely. Or like, just or, silly. Or, or, or farted to death. <laughs> yeah, 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 all that. yeah, yeah. Whenever I'm playing a game, like we'll always like make fun of like what just happened. Like I, I, I played a game um, <coughs> fairly recently, and um, like basically ended up with Tito and the Revenant just standing next to a moonstone. I'd got the Revenant <laughs> down to like one health, but didn't want to kill him any further, so he couldn't do anything. But I couldn't move Tito either. And they, I basically were like, oh, they're, they're just, they don't actually care about the game. They're, they're, they're having a chat. They're, they're having a cup of tea together, kind of thing. Because they weren't, <laughs> neither yeah. were doing anything. They were just stood there doing nothing at all. <laughs> they stopped, stopping the other person getting the moonstone. And me and my friend Jack were just like, are they just, they're just having a drink now, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they've cracked open a flask. They're just yeah. sharing that. They, 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 they just sat down on the moonstone and they're like, oh, sod those guys. Let's just chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just not worth it. Yeah, let's yeah, just, just yeah. share this. Yeah. Go, I don't even like the witches. And teachers don't, <laughs> I don't even like Diana either. <laughs> you know, and we're just like, you know, you can just, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, that side of it is, is definitely, um, it's a lot of, and I think it's because what helps is that because Tom doesn't take <coughs> kind of too, too much of it too seriously, like it does help that their rules have silly names, <laughs> you, <Yeah>. know? <laughs> you know, and their signature moves have silly names, you know, like. And, and when I wrote Daniel's card, I did the same thing. Like his abilities are called "Look at the shiny thing," and and yeah. and, his, and his signature move is called "Thwack," because <laughs> he just hits <laughs> someone with a big board, and and you know, and um, you know, yeah, yeah like <coughs> I can't think of like well, like foul gases is a good example, but um, you know, the, 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 and some of them and some of the abilities have got more serious names, but some of them are just silly, and that's fun. So you, it's really fun to go, ah, I'm going to play na 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 And then you just, you know, and, and you'll, yeah. you'll degenerate about 30 years and it makes you all feel good. <laughs> and then you win and it's even better, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and all of that stuff, all of that, that fun is something that I really wanted to make sure I brought across in the writing as well. Um, and so that that kind of silliness. So um, the the overarching story is over 14 chapters. So it's actually quite... Um, a, a long story in itself within the book two um, and it starts out with um, I won't say too much about it because we're um, going to be sharing it um, but the witches are um, conducting a ritual um, and it also ties in with Lechevolt um, and the Lechevolt priestesses 
and then the um, the second chapter then looks at the wizards who are called the the Elrich, um, and the Elrich crop up a few times through the, the the narrative, and they are these ancient important um beings to um control the moonstone wealth and so pay huge amounts of money so they could be or that and they are very dark characters so they could be incredibly serious but there's something incredibly fun about taking a very serious character and then just messing with it um <laughs> and so there there are bits I'm, I'm hoping for most of the characters through the, especially the, the main um, uh, 14 chapters, the main story, where I've just tried to just drop in just little silly bits for, for most of them, just to, to kind of lighten the, the, the tone of it. And, and also just to, just to say, yeah, you might be the, 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 the ones wearing the big boy pants, but we're still going to point and laugh at you occasionally. <laughs> we're still going to laugh at the big boy pants, basically. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like at the bottom line is Moonstone is still a whimsical fantasy skirmish adventure. It's not, yeah. not a dark Dickensian. Um, yeah. Background, you know, it, it is supposed to be whimsical, and yes, there's the serious characters in it, like like Diana, who sacrifices her own people to extend mm -hmm. her own life. But there's also Fritz, who's got massive sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. And, and and there's the vicious midget who who keeps beating got to in a drinking competition and you know there's you know there's there's the fun bits as well yeah but i think yeah. it's really important i think actually by by having that mixture it, again it's one of those things that meets the needs of a wider variety of a wider community um yeah. some people and again you get this in demos some people come along and go oh, i just love the whimsical funny side of this when i when, I, when we when we play it <coughs> and, and people, some people love the gnomes and love that they're just they're obsessed yeah. with cakes and 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 they're, and they're all a bit silly but they're all a big happy family and they all get on and stuff some people love the fairies who are really spiteful and murderous and i think they're above <laughs> everywhere else and then some people like the goblins who are just a mixture of really silly slightly mean um yeah. <laughs> and, and a bit stupid you know yeah. <laughs> goblins are fantastic to have in stories because they just are a wealth of of source material and uh yeah the goblins are a lot of fun i mean my my heart really as much as the fairies first caught my eye and i still love them my heart now i think is well and truly with the fawns i just love those miniatures um and the the whole idea of their race is uh has really really grabbed me um and i i really love the really love the fawns and um i've got some things to uh, in mind to think about with ways to to develop them and to explain their culture more and um and just to explain how they they've ended up where they've ended up um but the the, the miniatures are the main thing that just i looked at those and just was like yeah wow they're just stunning yeah, yeah. <coughs> so I keep coughing because I haven't talked this much for a long time. And my, my... <laughs> <Yeah. coughs> I promise not COVID. I, I, well, not that it matters to you because you're not here. But um, yeah. um, I am protected by the the ether. <laughs> yeah. um, thank God. Yeah, if, if it can spread over Zoom, then we really are in trouble, aren't we? But, um, uh, yeah. No, the fawns, the models are some of the best. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, and the, and the new the new box, which I think is. It's a, a pre-order at the moment, and when so we're, we're recording this, what's the date today? 16th of May? It is, yes. 16th of May we're recording this, I won't release it, I don't know, quite know when I'm going to release it yet, but um, I'm pretty sure that they're being, the models are released at the, the end of the month, <coughs> just, just before the Kickstarter, I think. Um, 
and yeah, Tom's really gone to town with those ones. I mean, Reagan, it looks amazing like on that on this like yeah. mystical spike sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, she's floating on her cloak, which is just yeah. And again, is story gold for me because I can just look at that and go, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. going to happen at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then then also the new Gwen, then then the. The Gwendolyn model, which um, is I, I I like the word. There's a reason why I like this Gwendolyn model, which is the, the cherry aspect. I think it's called. Mm. Um, the reason I like it is because Tom wanted to call it the ash aspect, and I had to gently remind him that ash trees don't have flowers. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so what does I said? Well, that looks like a cherry tree, mate, because cherry trees are you know huge pink flowers. So, okay, we'll call it cherry then. Because <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom's a great writer, a great games developer. He's not a botanist. <laughs> I am either, but I'm a gardener, so I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I, know, I know my plants and my trees and things. Um, yes, that's a good spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like that one. That was one of those where um, she's probably one of the more kind of alluring um, female characters, yeah. I think, yeah, the way that she's refining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that is part of her her character and part of her abilities as well. Um, so again, that was one where I was like, well, okay. This is definitely part of her her character um, that that comes through when she appears in um, the bits of the main story. But her bio, which um, Tom has already shared on Facebook, the or the current iteration of it, it might be edited again. The current version of it is a um, is a poem, um, but it's more of a, a kind of a warning from her perspective, which is basically just saying just don't go and wander into where you think there are fairies like me because we're not as innocent and sweet and um, powerless as we may appear to be. So yeah, just just don't. Um, and that was that was quite fun to write, to be able to actually take that alluring nature and actually have her own it. And, and that kind of, as we said before, with, with some other female miniatures, the fact that they can just be alluring and it can be a... Kind of a side thing and it's just for an aesthetic appearance and just the way that the miniature creators have thought well let's just give her a slit skirt and just have yeah. her chest out whereas actually with this it's like no actually she's she's taking this aesthetic and she's just owning it because this is yeah she's a leshfold priestess she just just doesn't care um she's powerful enough and and she yeah. uses it um which is great, great I, think, I think i think with like with like with zoya i think like yeah, mm. she has that alluring side of it, but she doesn't actually want you. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't give a toss what you think about it either. She just wants, yeah. to, just wants to get you just near enough, ah, uh, and I did. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yes, yeah, like, yeah, completely using it, like, um, yeah. which is really cool. Because, I mean, Zoya, like, anyone who's played, used to as a character, um, yeah. she's a bit of a glass cannon, but she will absolutely destroy anything if she, if she, if she can. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun to, to, to power her up with her, um, what's called yeah. the ability that gives her extra damage, basically. And just, um, yeah. Because you're one of those ones you don't expect to do well in combat, but then just absolutely merge you. It's also even, even the same with, like, um, Anya Bartol. Um, mm. She's supposed to be this little girl, but actually... Yeah. you're not careful and this huge demon's going to come out and rip, rip your head off um, actually, all of them like all of female characters and I, can't, I can't I keep saying it but it's 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 I think it's an important part of the game like even that Natty the slum thief like yes. again yeah. no girl but, oh well, again now your money's gone <laughs> um yeah. and you don't know and, uh, the duchess I yeah just loved <laughs> yeah. her her the, her miniature as well is just it's really pretty but 
um, she's nasty. Um, yeah, and, nasty. Yeah, uh, on, on the, the, the table and, and in the game. Um, but then I was like, well, she she just is. You can see that from her abilities. It's like, so that nastiness yeah. now is part of her, her character. Basically, as well. basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Claudia as well in the same box with her. And yeah. she's just, yeah, she's just awesome. Um, highway person is always a, a cool um, miniature to include, I think. And yeah. that is definitely yeah, yeah. well in a medieval setting. It's a, a really good addition. Yeah, I, yeah, I really like the, the Claudia model is going to look amazing from, from the artwork. Yeah. So I don't know if Tom shared the artwork of that yet, but um, yeah, I helped play test those, those, that box set a fair bit. Um, mm. But um, yeah, Claudia, I really like. I really like playing with Claudia, even mm. if she's not. She's actually very competitive, but they all well, they all are. Really. They've all got their place in any list you want, really. But um, something just something about Claudia that I really really like. I think it's the same reason I like Gertrude. Um, just like that really kind of tough. Um, you know, don't yeah. mess. You know, don't mess with me, or you're you're going to get a bullet in the <laughs> wherever I decide to put it. Basically, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because I don't because I'm not going to miss. <laughs> I don't actually see it. Because <coughs> she's like really good at what she does. Gertrude is really good at what she does. Like she yeah. honed those skills of being a fairy hunter, and, and Claudia has honed those skills of being a highway woman. Um, and she's very good at it. Um, so don't, yeah. And and like I said, I'd say I'm the same with Gwendolyn. Like she's that's a mm. that, that alluring nature of hers is, is part of it, and she's she's owns it, and she's honed it to be perfect at it and be the best at it there is. Um, yeah. Yeah, and actually with all of them, really, with Natty as well. Like, she's she's the best yep. that there is, and that's why she's so good at it. Um, yeah. <coughs> I love her miniature as well, with those big puppy dog eyes. It's just, yeah. it's perfect. Mm. So, oh, yeah. It's just, I say, it, it, some of them just write themselves, and and I, I hope that when people read the bios for, for the different characters, just read some of them and go, yeah, this is this is basically just walked itself out onto the page, just I've been like a conduit <laughs> Just because they they just look so amazing, Um, and then with some of them, I've tried to give them maybe a little bit of a twist, um, or made them um, a little bit maybe unexpected, just to to kind of add that that in as well, just to make them um, a bit more surprised maybe when people come to read them. So some of them are maybe a little bit more obvious, but I think uh, I hope people enjoy them. It's been a lot of fun to be involved in this project. It's been a lot of work, but writing all of these pieces has been been amazing. So I'm uh, I'm very lucky to be involved with uh, with doing it, even though I say it's uh, taken hours to to do it all. It's been absolutely worth it. Yeah, that's really that's really good to hear. Yeah, so it's, I feel the same about it. Really, I think it's one of those things. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it, you know, like one, th- and I've said this before in so many other um, settings, like. Tom's such a nice guy that you, just, you, you I'm more than happy to do stuff for him because he's just such a, such a nice bloke, yeah. you know. Um, like I've, I've been to several events with him and helped him promote it. I did, did, did I do all the bat, the battle reps to try and give it an online. Mm. I do this podcast, um, done playtesting. I've done a bit of writing. I help. I've not so much recently because of COVID, not much, not as much happened. But I used to help him with like model design. He would show us, show me and Richie models, and we'd comment on them and things. Um, I mean, I'll admit he does send he does occasionally send me free stuff, <laughs> which yeah. I'm not complaining. But, but, but I don't ask for it. He just goes, oh, you know, like, like sometimes I'll, I'll put an order in, and he'll go, well, I'll just stick this in for you as well, mate. Oh, cheers, well done. Yeah. I appreciate that. And because yeah. he does appreciate it, like he appreciates the effort that we all go into, we all put into yeah. it. Um, he does. Yeah. Um, he also appreciates that I don't ask him for any money. <laughs> because yeah. I, 
because <laughs> I, I know he hasn't got it, you know, and yeah. it's actually just a love of the game and the, and the community and, and what in the in the end by contributing in the way that and I, I think from conversations I've had to you before on mm. like what's happening, do you feel the same as contributing in this way is what keeps the game going? And yeah. I want him to be able to keep making models and keep developing the game. So by doing what we do, we help yeah. him to do, you know. Yeah. And I and as you say, I think it does speak masses about the game the fact that that there are there's quite a big group of people now that, that are volunteering to do all sorts of different bits and pieces so i've mentioned chris before um from yeah. dicing the hive and, and paolo as well um and then all of the the other guys joe and i know I, I would have forgotten some of the other people who do a lot but um we've all we all just volunteer to do it because the game is so much fun and um Hopefully the people who are listening now absolutely agree and there'll be new people in years to come who come and listen back to this and uh, yeah. know all of the things that I'm not quite talking about. They'll, they'll yeah, understand yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm referring yeah. to. And, yeah, but we'll still see that that love for the game and the community and, and the way that it plays. And, and yeah, I think that that just that niceness permeates throughout the whole thing and makes it a lot of fun to, to be involved in. Cool. Um, I've got kind of one more question because, because as you know, Susie obviously knows this, but before we started this, I had a kind of list of things. I think we've covered basically all of it, um, which is great. You just kind of covered everything I was going to ask you about, which is lovely. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I did want, I've kind of obviously, you, you've said your favourite faction, which is that I think it, it was fairies. Now it's you've kind of moved the fawns to your favourite. Um, while I go and pour myself a glass of water because I keep coughing, <coughs> I'll tell everyone what, which I'd like to know your favourite, you said your favourite faction, fawns, brilliant. Your favourite model, and why it's your favourite model, and then your favourite character, and they don't, they don't have to be the same. So, you okay. want to go ahead and tell us about that? That'd be, that'd be fun, I think. Yeah, okay. Um, so, uh, my favourite model, I think, has to be Jada, because of the amount of movement that's been captured in that. Um, her pose is great, um, and the way that... Um, the just to say the movement through her hair and through the her um muscles and things is just so well posed um and uh, a lot of fun to paint um and so i think she she has to be my favorite miniature for sure um in terms of my favorite character oh that is very hard because i've written about so many of them um They've all got a little bit of a, a place in uh, in my heart. Um, I think from having written the, the, the different chapters, I think I would have to say Gertrude because she does appear quite a lot. And I just like her attitude to the things that happen around her. Um, and um, the, the fact that she, it's not just her there are, there are a group of characters who go off and do a few different bits and pieces at, at different points during this story um and just what she has to put up with from both the situations they find themselves in but also the people that she's had to be forced into going off and doing things with as well um has been has been a lot of fun um but something that has also been fun and is a relatively recent thing that um, isn't going to necessarily appear much in the second book, might, might drop in occasionally, is um, one of the things that I've done with Tom over the last year is really push him to think about the world building side of things. And I've done that by just firing loads of questions at him. So things around 
what are the moonstones and how do they work and why are they so important um, and just asking those questions and helping him to fill in some of those gaps or just to expand on some of those things where he's got like the first spark of an idea and then we've worked on things together um, and something that we've done relatively recently is to firm up some of the the religions that appear um, across the whole of, of Tauber across the different um, races of people um, and that has been a lot of fun to work up and it's not even something that's necessarily going to appear yet. Um, so I'm hoping that will be something that will come out maybe a bit more in book three and, um, and beyond. Um, but that probably has been one of my favorite bits to do because we just went a bit mad with trying to just to, to figure these things out and to work out how it then all worked with the, the kind of broader belief system that these different races had. Um, and that was just really, really creative and really, really fun to, to work out. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all spits out probably in future story scenarios and in illustrations and things, that'd be cool. Oh, cool. So I've muted myself because basically my wife's gone to want a bath and my boiler's really loud. So, <laughs> so I just, whenever I'm not talking, I'm going to mute it. So people might notice that. I'm sorry about that everyone, but it's just the way it is when I'm recording my own house, but um, cool. That sounds really great. I mean, I can't. <coughs> sorry, I can't really think of anything else. I think we, I think we kind of covered everything. Um, mm. It's been lovely chatting. Is there anything else you kind of want to add, really, before, or anything else you particularly want to say about your writing or anything before we before we leave it, really? Because I haven't. Really, I'm going to ask to ask you. I kind of think. I think you've told me everything I could want to do with here. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for, for anybody who is listening, who writes is just to kind of encourage you to carry on so I've kind of stumbled into doing this and um off the back of doing this I've um then gone on to develop my own kind of personal writing um so I entered into a, a short story competition um for a different kickstarter and was selected as one of the the short stories that appear in an anthology and um I've been say, working on a novel now for about 18 months I think um which um I keep going back and forth over the chapters I've written and adding new bits in and I don't think I would have done it quite as thoroughly as I have done if it weren't for the fact that I was also doing Moonstone and actually having the confidence to carry on with what I was doing off the back of doing that. So if anybody is, um, is out there and is a, is a writer, um, I would encourage you just to carry on doing it um to keep practicing try and find yourself someone um like katie who can help give you critique um and can be blunt about the things that you've written and tell you when it's just a pile of rubbish um on occasion it will be and that's fine and seeing where you can take things um and as I say it's just through through me being uh, confident in what i was doing one day just to step up and say i'll do this that that ended up be me being where I am right now um so if I can do it absolutely anybody can who who has the drive and um desire to so I know that's a bit of a a soppy thing to to end on um or to to kind of <laughs> almost finish with but um I think it's important to say for people who maybe don't have the confidence but that have the love and the passion for writing is to to just just knuckle down just do it and uh, and see where it takes you Um, yeah, that's that's really nice. It's a really nice thing, um, really nice uh, end, I think, to that. Um, yeah, uh, 
yeah, I think I think I think that's probably that's probably us done. I think I think we've covered everything. Yeah. It's really lovely to speak to you, and it's been a really nice, it's a really nice recording. And so yeah, what I say one last thing is obviously don't uh, don't turn your podcast off when you hear the outro music because the the Brunhilde story will come after it, um, mm-hmm. and the next recording will that next one will most likely be Susie and I reading the first chapter from the new book. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Susie is getting married in four days, in five days, so it yes. might be a bit longer than that. I might do another one in between. So I'm not going to say it's definitely going to be that because I might do one in between. But um, yeah, <laughs> it'll definitely be coming soon. Every coming soon. Yeah. Um, once once Susie yeah. feels like entering the world again after getting married, <laughs> um, no, absolutely no pressure whatsoever. Of course, you. you never yeah. Um, and I apologise in advance for any accents and, and funny voices that I do. I, I haven't given Brunhilde a German accent. You can assume that she has one, but um, I will only do a German accent to the people who are playing on my Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder or whatever else table. When it uh, comes to, to you folks who are listening, oh, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not a voice actor. I'm not going to attempt to do a German accent in public. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. No, that sounds that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah, I think we'll leave it there. So um thank you very much, Susie. It's been lovely having you on. Um and yeah, I'll uh hope you all enjoyed that and we'll see you next time for the next podcast. This is a recording of Brunhilde's bio for the Moonstone podcast. You're a creature of nature, yeah? Brunhilde's soft voice was unusually gruff. The tiny fawn stood in front of her, rubbed his little round belly in glee, his chirruping voice carrying through the surrounding woodland. I am, I am a creature of nature, of beginnings, of endings. I bring things into the world and I send them out. I am, that's nice, but I need your help. I need... I need to stop. Yes, good lady giant. Um, stop what? He scratched the end of his pointed ear absentmindedly. To stop feeling, she looked at the fawn. His blank look didn't reassure her. Brunhilde closed her eyes and said loudly, for someone. Ah, the most trickiest of tricky, but Chubbs will help. He did a little trotting jig in a circle, then stared up at Brunhilde. Yeah? Oh, yes. Where is the someone? Chubbs will help. Brunhilde chewed the inside of her cheek. What will you do? Stop the feelings. Need to know where the someone is or it won't work. Chubbs' broad grin was full of warmth and confidence. Brunhilde thought of Fritz, his broad shoulders, his thick wavy locks, strong muscles, that moustache groomed to tickle a fine lady's fancy. Her knuckles popped as she clenched her fist at the thought of him. What her sweet Agatha saw in him, she would never truly understand. But Agatha had made her choice. It was time for her to move on. There at the Stone Moon Tavern, Brunhilde strode away, wiping her eyes with the heel of her hand. She had to stop these feelings. Yes, Lady Giant, Chubbs will help. Chubbs waved at her retreating back. Now, where was Gloom and his lantern?